0: to the stardom road podcast here on the count out network i am your host scott edwards and with me as always is trent oh (laughs) often you will do like
1: you'll say something immediately after saying my name and i was giving you pause to add something there but we're just jumping straight to me hello everyone yes i am also here um with a big introduction or a small one you were expecting some like nice remark or some sort of well it's not always nice statement. Yes. yes. I'm always not nice on this podcast.
0: Point. I'm always nice on this podcast. You are. Yeah. We're, we're very palatable on Star. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Key key word is this podcast. Not not all. <laughs> Just this one. Um, but yes, this is Stardom Road, everybody. Welcome. Uh and it is episode three, part three of the arisa hashiki series that i know a lot of people have been enjoying Um we have two, um mm-hmm. and today was the most enjoyable episode to get prepared for of course because it was all about watching her great matches from her career not every single one that's uh that's a little bit overkill and we didn't you know we didn't wait till the last second right right Trent? no no totally not no you didn't just finish the show uh, i mean the ma- the last match right before we started recording no not all. you, no you may have
1: messaged me as uh
0: the three count happened but <laughs> it's, it's all it's all about timing
1: which yeah. as you can see from earlier in the podcast we don't always have uh but i'd like to think i timed it quite beautifully this time
0: yeah I, i'm starting to learn like how many people actually do listen to the show and how they listen to this show so people will, like save it for like road trips and stuff like that mm-hmm. like with the parts and stuff start em
1: road road trip man. yeah, uh, yeah. The, the thought process yeah, yeah i hope you're not le- watching the
0: matches while you're driving though no i've also learned that people kind of you know they go back into mm-hmm. the episodes i've been told by a lot of people we're going back now so uh I mean, that's what uh, what they're for. Like, they're not time-sensitive,
1: really. You can go back and listen to them whenever you want, um, and we try and keep them according. So we try not to worry too much about the, oh, this thing literally just happened because it dates things. And, you know, unless the wrestler is current, uh, and in this case, unfortunately, they're not, um, you know, you have a bit more free range.
0: Yeah, we would never record a uh, show ahead of time and act like something just happened. We would never do that on any show on Stardom Road. No, least. not Stardom Road. Um, every other don't show have we ever to pretend <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's never but... backfired on me either. No, never, never. But that's that's a lot of conversation. Anyways, we're, we're talking to Risa Shiki here today, folks. Hmm. Uh the third and final episode of her dedicated series here. Don't worry. We'll never mention her again. I'll just say, don't worry. lost on your ear I, race, I don't think can't. I'll allow it. I mean, there's going to be times that we have to talk about, you know, Jungle Kiona, Mama Watanabe, Tam Nakano, obviously. Mm. Tam Nakano might just have one per match because of how long it takes to read her tweets. Um, Especially translating them to, into English. Oh, yeah. It's going to be an absolute blast doing that. Uh the tan when Tam retires we'll we'll do the, the seven part series about Tam Nakano.
1: Well good thing that I, ain't
0: happening, so well she did say she's looking for her uh with the trainees, she's looking for her uh heir apparent. So Yeah, yeah, but like this is also the person who
1: said she's literally never going to retire to Natsa point then told her you're not retiring either.
0: This is also the same person that said two years ago I'm retiring in two years. So Yeah. That's if there's damn.
1: anything you can learn from stardom talent, especially those who have gone to the Maya Iwatani school, is don't believe a damn thing they say.
0: I like it that way. I like it that way. And speaking of going to the Maya Iwatani school, aka stars, uh, Risa Shiki, like I said, let's, let's get back into this. So, we're going to go over a couple of matches here today, some of her best, some of her most important. Hmm. Um, we didn't get to go over all of them she has many great matches, um, because you know we have lives and we can't watch every single match.
1: You know, she Man, only had because
0: I, we do it last minute, yeah, exactly. We only have 151 matches to choose from, so it's not like we're you know dissecting the career of Manami Toyota over here, and we have to pick like four um out of two thousand. But, you know, I don't know how many matches she actually has in her career. I just know she has a lot because Mm. AJW worked, like, an insane amount. But (laughs) that's beside the point. Uh, We're going to start with one match from the first part of her career. And then we're going to do a lot of uh, the big matches, especially in her title reign. Um, One of them are my all-time – well, two of them are two of my all-time favorites. But uh, we'll get to that. But let's kick it off now. And then (laughs) kick – we're going to be saying a lot about kicks this episode. I, I also meant to add that we will be uh, finishing this show up. by talking about her legacy, her overall uh, impact mm. on stardom, and its fans. Truthfully, because you know, she had a big one. Even even if she's uh, no longer with the company anymore due to retirement, she uh, still impacts us all these years later. Thank you, Tam Nakano. Anyways, we we go to. December 23rd, 2011, Arisa Hashiki challenging for the Wonder of Stardom Championship against Yizuki Aikawa. Um, if you watch this match on Stardom World like myself, it is clipped to shit. <laughs> <laughs> As in, the cl- entire clip is like nine minutes. Yeah, um, The match isn't long. I'm not going to sit here and act like the match was long to begin with. But this is a very clipped match. This is all the footage that they have from it. Uh, Year-end stars 2011. But from what we do get to see, the the match, by the way, is 10 minutes and 33 seconds. So they didn't clip that much. Hmm. Because it's pretty much bell to bell, the actual film that they have up there. But for a match that involves pretty much two rookies, Uh, you know, Aikawa was a little more advanced, of course, but this was two rookies wrestling. It's very entertaining to watch. It's not, you know, with the other matches we're going to talk about, they're not like these apps. It's not like this absolute all-timer for Marisa Shiki, but it's like the perfect match to highlight where she would be so many years down the road.
1: Yeah, look. In terms of like why we picked certain matches for this particular episode, we wanted to make sure we covered at least one match from before she started, uh, before she came back the second time. And there's a few matches we can kind of pick from, but like you want something that's a singles match that kind of highlights where she was at. And honestly, there's really only a couple of matches that would make sense in this situation. And given the nature that basically every match we're covering is a wondrous start and title match, it's kind of fun to go back to the very first time she interacted with that belt and tried to win it. And, you yeah, know, we have two challenges for the white belt today that we're covering. It's kind of fun to see, you know, attempt one versus attempt two.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That belt... <sighs> That belt's history is so crazy just to think about because it's like, oh, yeah, you, know, you date back to that very first champion and you have one of the greatest champions defending against who would go on to be one of the greatest champions of that belt, you know, and nobody knew that at the time. But mm. I think that's kind of the specialty of this match, too. And what I love about this match, it's one that's one, well, it's easy to go back and watch because, again, it's mm. very short, um, but it's very raw in that. you know when when you see arisa second part of her career she's still a very raw wrestler in that she just kind of throws her body at things and it works yeah but back then this was like her throwing her body at things kind of not being fully coordinated in doing so but it still most of the time looked really good and Mm. uh her offense here was uh it was pretty advanced for someone with her skills at that time which weren't all like she had a handful of matches to her belt at that time
1: yeah she's literally a teenage rookie who hasn't you know only really wrestled a handful of matches at this stage um it's still kind of toying between the idea of wrestling and shoot boxing um, and you see that come through in her offense. It is very kick heavy, as you would expect, and going against another wrestler who has a very kick heavy offense. And you know, rookie versus rookie, there's always kind of going to be that expectation that things aren't going to go 100% perfectly. There's an expectation there'll be a, a missed spot or they'll be off time a little bit here or there. But I think when you consider the the levels that they're both at. They do a really good job here like if if i was in my first year and i was wrestling another first year wrestler and i put forth a match like this i would be pretty happy now we don't know yeah. what got cut maybe there was a horrific kind of you know timing error botch. <laughs> uh, but even like in terms of watching this match yes it is clipped but it like you can watch the match as it is presented on southern world and it doesn't really feel like you're missing much in terms yeah. of the flow of the match like yeah, if you didn't know it being heavily clipped, you'd probably just accept the kind of just a weird joke in
0: the middle and kind of stuff like that. Yeah. And and what I like to do with this type of match is is you know, we look at a reset at that time and you kind of you start to think of like other trainees through stardom sister. It's like I don't know how many of them could have stepped into such a big spot. This, you know, she's 16 at the time. Mm. And live up to the moment in a lot of ways and now back then you know like how wasn't out there having absolute like 25 26 27 8 minute barn burners that's not what her style was Mm. it was this rough hard-hitting fast-paced style that it's not high speed but it's quick it like the mat the pace is up and I don't know many trainees that could have done that. I don't even think big rookie Utami might have been able uh, to do that. And Utami was older, of course, when she was a trainee, so that hmm. definitely helps her. There's a reason the big rookie was uh, such a big deal instantly. But at at 16, I mean, obviously, there's only a handful pick from there. Um, maybe Azumi would be the only one because at the age of 16 she was already so many years into her career <laughs> yeah she was a veteran at 16 yeah so it's a completely
1: different kind of ball game as opposed to someone who's you know still in their first year when you really when you factor in training as well like you know they she wasn't training for that long before she got her first match no mm. um, yeah it, it definitely helps having that martial arts experience and background. You can kind of lean on that. Even when the wrestling side of things is a little underdeveloped, you, you can always go to, even if you're not connecting with the shots, but just kind of intimidating your opponent by throwing a series of kicks. Like The crowd will still react to that, even if it's not meant to be connecting offence. Just kind of to warn people, like, yeah, if I
0: wanted to, I can make this uh, go ugly quickly, but in a good way. Yep. So, so now we'll fast forward to the parts everyone's waiting for. Mm. I, I, I know what everyone's waiting for. They're waiting for the, the second run of Arisa Shiki. And you know what? I think we all, I think I was too when I was getting into this. I was waiting for her to have the title. Let's get into those uh, matches. And we got to start do off. do make sure you go back and watch that match. Yes. You know, it's,
1: there's nothing better when you're going through the history of a wrestler than to see the beginnings. And then, yeah, you know, in this case, it's quite a few years away. Um, but
0: when in terms of actual in ring time, it's not that long. No, not at all. It's it's rather close. If if you were only to go by match to match, it's like it's very close within this <laughs> yeah. match and the next match that we're talking about, which was of course was Arisa Shiki uh winning that Cinderella tournament to get her shot at Momo Watanabe and the wonder of startup championship. And Watching this match, I I just I just sat there. I was like, "Wow, Momo's so much better now." <laughs> that's like, and that's and that's not a shot at Momo. Obviously, she was eighteen at the time, having this historical mm. reign, doing better again than most eighteen-year-olds probably will in that role. Um, But I was like, she is like really she's so much more uh, natural now, I think, and more comfortable in where she is and who she is as a competitor. But she was still great in-ring-wise. I mean, that that was never a problem for Momo. Um, with Arisa, I mean, we, we, we have talked about this for three episodes now. Uh, she, it's hard to be as natural as she was in the ring. And this match, out of the four that we're going to talk about, this is probably with the last one in terms of quality. Mm. And that's, again... It's just the next two matches to me are probably the two greatest matches in Risa Shiki's career, in my opinion, at least. So we we did miss a big one too. You know, Trent Trent gave up uh, the Jungle Kiona match. We appreciate him for that. But this match was big because obviously you have the idea that Arisa Shiki is going to end the record run of Mambo Watanabe. and I think the part that I love of this is that. Arisa was able to match the viciousness of Hmm. Momo as the match went on because Momo is so in control for a lot of this match. And then Arisa just, you know, shoots out of a rocket like she does. And that's really where I think the match flips the script is when Arisa flips the script.
1: Yeah, like this follows kind of a lot of the Momo Watanabe style back then, which was, yeah. and it still is to a certain extent, but not as much as it was when she was in this white belt run, very kick-heavy offense. And, you know, she busts out the suplex game, especially towards the end of the match. Um, but for a lot of the early stages, it's very kick-based offense. And obviously that ties well into a Hoshiki's style. But in many ways, it's kind of like the uh, evolved form of the match we just watched two very uh, kick-heavy strikers going back and forth, basically seeing who can deliver the big knockout shot. And for a lot of her run, Momo Watanabe was able to deliver that. And it is interesting to kind of compare this, you know, I guess the apex of Momo's Queen's Quest run right here to the uh, Oedo Tai version that we see in 2023. Um, a lot of the DNA is there, especially in this form where she she's... Uh, ultra cocky and ultra confident herself because she's had a record-breaking run um but it's kind of nice to see where you know kind of the first signs of that through this uh development of a character
0: yeah and uh i think with this in the way this match closed and you know this was uh by the way i forgot to say the date it was on may uh 16th 2019 Gold may so easy to remember that one um main event so this had the main event spot again over the world of stardom championship which is i think is very important to know um to kind of play to how important it was uh the match was match wasn't long it didn't even touch 15 minutes about mm. 13 minutes or so um and i think that's kind of as you see arisa get back into the swing of things you see that numbers start to go up a little bit yeah and more and more as she gets more comfortable but she was so good in the shorter matches that she didn't need to hit that 20 minute 25 mm. minute mark that we're kind of used to with say sai Kamatani and people like that right um and what's interesting i think sai is actually better in the longer matches as opposed to arisa who's better in the shorter matches and again arisa's matches didn't go all that long so didn't have to worry about that but I love the closing of this match because it's kind of just like it's the realization that one, what Momo was able to accomplish with this reign, you know, is incredible. Good for her. But it's that Arisa Shiki's not only going to be the next champion, but she's going to be one of the next faces mm-hmm. of this company. It just kind of feels like that type of win, because when you get this big of a win, which is kind of the conversation now happening with saya Tani, it needs to mean more than just you beat them for the title
1: yeah it's it's very much a struggle over who is the who's going to hold the belt at the end of it and you don't always get that in title matches like you don't get the feeling that these two are fighting for not just the the right to be champion but kind of the prestige that comes along with that and the position in the company you know Momo has that spot and she has had it for you know a long time, and at her age, like, that's kind of, you know, was the evolution of her going from a high schooler to being the future ace of the company. And here comes Arisa challenging her for it in a way that no one else has. And it does become a real just fight for the life to hold on. And it's not intentional, I don't think, but in hindsight, seeing where Momo Watanabe's career kind of went after this match, um, Momo was right to kind of fight to for now to hold on to this belt.
0: Now let me ask you in terms of because I guess I could ask you at the end, but we don't do I'll do it now. With with this being the start of Arisa's reign, which we know what the reign hmm. would be, where does this like is do you consider this as one of the very best Wonder of stardom Tile reigns of all time? Because for me, I you know, as someone that has went back and watched the MOMO one watch the ikawa one um watch the EOS. those are all the ones like and i've obviously watched size as it's gone hmm. on um for me this i think has been better than the majority of them i don't know i don't know if i can place what is the best because i can like, to go back and forth like i would yeah. just watch these matches right like with tam and hazuki and utami and it's like man, this was good. And I know the Be a Priestley one's great. I know the Konami one's great. I know the Jungle hmm. one's great. So it's like, and this one never got to end correctly. So that's, yeah. I think, the part of the problem. Because if it ended correctly with a great match, which I'm sure it would have been, I think it would be easier to say. But in terms of what she was able to accomplish, it's at least in the conversation. It, it definitely lacks the payoff, which hurts it. Um,
1: but I, I would rank it at the very least in the upper echelon of sort of white belt runs. You know, yeah. Momo run was very good and very important. Uh, Eos before there likewise had a lot of importance to it. Um, but I think you know when you look at what Ares was able to do, is she continued the prestige that the belt had built up over the last mm-hmm. few champions. But then beyond just that, like she made it her own, and I think mm-hmm. that's what the great champions do: is they make the reign their own and you know like whether you think Tam Nakano had one of the best runs or not is definitely up for debate. I think there's enough weak spots in there to maybe stop it from being the top one. Sure. But her run with that belt felt important and you can define that period of the white belt by her holding it. Uh, And I think that's an important stage for a champion to reach. Not all of them do it, but I think Arisa did manage to do that. And then you combine it with the consistent quality of these matches. Uh, Whether it's a top one or not, I haven't thought about it long enough to be 100% sure, but I think you could make a case
0: that definitely top three. Yeah, I mean, if I think about it long and hard enough, it probably is my favorite Um, shocker, I know.
1: But (laughs) I, I
0: think it also plays to the fact that she felt like the world champion yeah during her time as champion and maybe that has to do with who was world champion for majority of it um but it's still it's still a impressive feat to get to that level um hmm. and feel like you're in that spot uh and like i said fantastic stuff with the momo watanabe match one of the weaker matches that we'll talk about today because the next two again are that high and then the, the last one we'll discuss is very important for Many reasons, as yeah. I will point out. But let's get to it. Arisa Hoshiki versus Tam Nakano. Um, people, Um, I know multiple people on record saying this is not only the best match of her reign, not the, the best match of Tam Nakano's career, the best match of Arisa Hoshiki's career. Some say it's the best match in Stardom's history. That is how highly regarded this match is mm-hmm. for a lot of people. It happened in Stardom's most popular year up until... You know the Bushi Road years, of course, and it's pretty crazy to think about. But after rewatching it, you know, you, you don't you don't need to know the full story for this match to be great, but this match is that much greater if you do know the story. Yeah, like, you
1: can come into it and enjoy it, and I think you can work out kind of the the baseline emotions and feelings surrounding this match. Uh, But it is definitely one that benefits from knowing the story behind it, knowing Tan's influence, and where, not only in hindsight, especially where it goes as well. Um, Because at this stage, like, their storyline, their rivalry, was still very much finding it. I, I would say still finding its feet in a lot of ways. Like, it developed the first stage of it, but after this match, it kind of comes into the second stage and i think that's what really makes it so valuable because it it was a storyline that grew and characters that evolved and benefited from it beyond
0: just oh this is raising
1: my profile
0: there's so many moments to uh you know to kind of pick out i mean this match is the launching point for what the Tam Nakano match would be. Mm. I think that's very important to point out for you know people who may want to know more about Tam is that this is the match where her entire character pretty much goes to become. Yeah. Like it's it's it it becomes her story, right? It becomes her story with that belt. Mm. But it is what her matches would all revolve around, you know, kind of that slow, quietly like, like you get everyone quiet and there's a stare down, there's a seriousness to each other. Um, in this match specifically, you know, they felt they were feeling each other out before you know they go to that boom moment yeah. and it's just off to the races from there. Um, and I think. When Tam Nakano's at her best is when someone else, and you and me have talked about this, Mm -hmm. is when someone else can bring their match into it. And by the end, it was the Arisa Shiki-style match, which made it all come together so well. Mm -hmm. And it's just insane the amount of head kicks were in this match, the amount of just brutal strikes. Like, this, this is probably the home of Arisa's most brutal knee strike. Mm. um and she has a few <laughs> she has a few one that uh you know may catch someone a little too hard um she has a lot of great knee strikes like i think hers looks more vicious than any knee strike i've ever seen and it's because i think she, most of the time she's not easing up too much she, as i said <laughs> she throws her whole body at it mm. um but this is fantastic Every it gives you everything i think you want in a pro wrestling match Yeah, this is really like the
1: genesis, as you said, of Tam Nakano, both as a character and a wrestler. This is what what kind of made everyone stop and pay attention. Yeah, Tam was popular before this match, but I think a lot of people were waiting to see her prove it in the ring. And this match made everyone stop and take notes and go, oh, there there is a quality wrestler here. We'd seen glimpses of it in the past, but this is the one that kind of, prove to everyone that okay tam can be a main event level wrestler and tell these kind of stories and it's kind of yes it's the genesis of tam's wrestling style but in many ways this feels like a 2022 stardom match Mm -hmm. whereas like you look at the momo watanabe match that we just talked about it it feels different to what we see in today's era even with momo watanabe but this match i think if you transplanted it to 2022 and ignored, like, obviously the history of, like, oh, wow, Harissa's wrestling in 2022. This match wouldn't feel <laughs> out of place at all. Yeah. you go, oh, yes, this is a 2022 starter match. This doesn't yeah. feel from back in 2019. And... The style did change a bit, not just in the presentation of these shows, but just in the way the matches flowed. You get the slow, you know, back and forth striking that we didn't always get, that kind of New Japan Strong Style aspect. You know, we get that in the middle of it. You get the, the storytelling moments really flowing through. It's a beautifully crafted match. I, I don't think it's the best match of Eva's career, um, but it's definitely one of the best stories told and I totally understand why people look at this as their favorite match or why this won the 2019 start of match of the year I can absolutely see why it got the acclaim it did yeah I
0: mean for me it's not the best of a Reese's, um, in my opinion of course it's tam i have to have a hard think about she's had so many matches so many more matches so it's harder to Mm -hmm. think of them all um but it's a big moment obviously and it's what tam uh you know could carry on and really make her overall and this is this the best way to explain this match he said you know you could throw it into 2022 2023 it'll fit right in this is the type of match that people will be on uh, Twitter the, uh, the next day and complaining that Dave Meltzer didn't give five stars. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what this match is. I think in a yeah. lot of ways, it's 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 very uh, fitting of like the Shuri Julia match that we just saw at the end of last year. That it has a lot of story in it, but it's also hard strikes. Mm. Um, you know, big. Big crazy spots. It it, it kind of embodies a little bit of both of that, which I think you really hit the nail on the head. It's it's a twenty. It's a present day stardom match.
1: Yeah, it's very raw too. Because yeah, Tam is finding herself as mm. a as a wrestler in this match. Arisa is still finding her footing a little bit as a wrestler. Although you, I think you can see the uh growth just between this and the MoMo match in the way mm. she wrestles. Um, But because it is still kind of raw in nature, yeah, they just kind of let it all hang out. Like a lot of those strikes are unprotected headshots. And maybe in hindsight, looking at how quickly Risa did have to then retire in this second run, it's a little disconcerting when she's throwing shoot headbutts and just taking, you know, kicks to the face. Um, But when you just break it down in terms of an actual match, it's utterly compelling viewing, especially with one of Stardom's, most fascinating stories tacked on as well yeah like yeah. as you said you can watch this without the story but when you take in uh mind the whole friendship enemy kind of storyline that they were running here it just means that much more and everything just kind of hits that little bit more because you get more of the tam emotional storytelling
0: knowing the backstory you sure do and i think um with those you know big shots that we see throughout this match i mean i i the besides like the finishing sequence the the spot i always remember is tam's you know just huge kicks to arisa because she's hitting one after another after Mm. another to her head and it's like oh my god um uh of course spring is that you Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot Code SUPER24. Finishing sequence. It's one of my favorite finishes ever where you know, Arisa hits the Brazilian kick and Tam's like mid-air falling when Arisa goes for the pin. It's like, yeah. it's so perfect looking. Um, that's like, I think that's like probably the top gif or whatever that goes around when arisa's kick is uh flying around from time to time i think that's probably the one but uh just tremendous pro wrestling fantastic storytelling as you'd expect from tam nakano and really i think that's when arisa shiki said yes this is my time Hmm. you know that's how you really kick it into gear with a match like that
1: yeah absolutely it's um I, i think it was a proof of concept match for her so yes, my style can deliver these kind of matches, yeah. and I'm deserving and ready of this belt because yeah, she did come back and get essentially hot shot to the title. Um, but when you see the
0: quality of work she's putting out, it makes sense. Yeah, it sure does. Uh, now we move on to the next match here up for discussion. Which is one of my all time favorites is Arisa Shiki versus Hazuki. Very fitting, by the way, that we discuss Hazuki's latest Wonder Stardom uh, or last Wonder Stardom mm. title challenge right after her most recent. Um, it was kind of crazy that that worked out this way. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll tell you, when we planned this, we did not know that Hazuki was going to be challenging for the Wonder title. That's for damn sure. Seeing that we recorded the first two parts of this episode long before that match was even official, so uh, <laughs> I, I, I I, I'm not going to make us look smart. Exposing uh, the business, brother. I, I have to. I have to. I want to make us. Uh, I want to be. I want to be truthful to the viewers. Uh, <laughs> um, but this is a match that I, I have written about. Um, this is a match that I've went back and watched more than a f- most matches I've yeah. had, like in wrestling that I've gone back and watched, let alone uh let alone stardom. I mean the only matches that I might have seen more is when I had the uh WWE ladder match DVD when I was a kid and put <laughs> and I put and I put that thing on all the time because there were ladder matches and they were cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a cheat and code you're a though. Kid,
1: so you could just re-watch it again and again and oh, again oh yeah
0: yeah we had like a movie player and uh my, one of my parents' cars, and I used to put it in there and I just stare at it, watch the same match 75 times. <laughs> I think I watched the first TLC match like way too many times to count. Wow, well, you could recite it move for move, probably. Probably, it's probably why I think of it now. I'm like, oh, so I, I what is everyone so excited about? Oh, wait a minute, I made a, maybe I watched it a little too much. Yeah. Um, but this is this is like one of my favorites, in, and maybe the reason is that a lot of what we see now with Suzuki is that her intensity mixed with Arisa Shiki's intensity, it makes magic in a pro wrestling mm-hmm. ring. Um, you know, from the opening bell where these two get go, you know, forehead to forehead, you're just like, Oh, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to destroy each other. And, and, you know, you get, you get those classic away to tie spots of going through again, Reese getting tossed through the chairs, uh, but Hazuki made sure to go all around the ring to do that to, to to the poor girl, got um, to share the love with the audience. Exactly, exactly. Oh, you you were sitting there, not anymore. Oh, you were sitting there, not anymore. Um, and and then it's just viciousness from here on out. Uh, to me, it's it's probably my favorite. It's between this one and the Kagetsu match as my favorite HIZUKI matches of all time. Um both phenomenal. It's probably this one because I favor Arisa of course, but those are probably the top 2 and maybe I'm eating worms admittedly we are retired we are recording this before the Saikontani match. So if I get laughed at on uh when people listen to this, then so be it. But it's everything that makes Suzuki a great professional wrestler. It's what we see now when she gets big matches, and it's it's it feels like the full version of Risa Shiki in there.
1: Yeah, look, this was there's a lot of excitement surrounding this match when it happened. Uh, because, like, this is again, like, Arisa has now gotten into her groove. You know what you're getting from Arisa Hashiki matches, and this is also when Hazuki was firing all cylinders, and there was a lot of buzz and a lot of hype around where Hazuki was heading. Yeah, she was <laughs> always a very good prospect, but in this sort of past year with Oedo Tai and sort of learning under Kagetsu, I think she really unlocked what made her the best version of herself. And even now in you know 2022, 2023, the best version of Hazuki is when she fires up a bit more, when she dials that intensity up. And you know, you get the I think the peak version of Hazuki in this match. Going up against someone who can match that intensity, match that aggression. And you know, you talk about the Kigetsu match with uh Hizuki, and that was kind of the mentor versus uh student sort of battle. This is just two people who just want to win by knockout in a lot of ways and it is just exciting it kind of takes the style of the Momo Watanabe match and just dials up the intensity adds a bit more variance to what's going on and I think yeah this is top two Hazuki matches that we've seen and arguably her best match and arguably Arisa's best
0: match as well there are so many great near falls at Mm. the end of this match that hadn't had me personally on the edge of my seat all over again uh that hazuki straw specifically you yep. i think i think the building was about to jump out like jump out of their seats thinking hazuki had this one in the bag and you know by then arisa was already two successful defenses in so it wasn't crazy if she lost yeah, no, it it like, I think off. most people expected
1: Orisa to win here and retain. But, like, again, Huzuki was just firing so hotly right now. It felt like if, if they had made the decision to put the belt on her, it would have made sense and it would have kind of yeah. been capitalising on a moment. And, yeah, Azuki would go on to retire not too long after this moment, really. Um, so it was kind of maybe a, a what-if at the time. Um, but, yeah, that Huzuki stroll especially – uh, especially because, like early in the match, Arisa had this match one with that little mm. uh, turnaround splash, pulls Suzuki up after the, before the three count, hits the Brazilian kick, kind of that arrogance that we've seen a couple of her matches. It feels like they're ending the match, if not there, maybe a couple of minutes later. It then go like that's halfway in the match. It's a very <laughs> interesting decision, yeah. one that I'm. Uh, There's probably the one thing about the match I'm not totally sold on because it is kind of weird to see a near victory then be halfway through the match like that um but they do such a good job of making it feel like that's a you know a critical error that arisa makes that huzuki's going to capitalize on and because she has stuff like the huzuki strong a beautiful looking rings of satin submission in this match even though like yeah it makes sense for arisa to retain the reign's just been long enough that they could yeah. change the champion without it being too obtuse and Azuki's just hot enough that it makes perfect sense and Arisa's good enough that she could afford to lose the belt here and still be able to rebuild her momentum so it's a good match in terms of like it was a believable result either way mm-hmm. to a certain extent but in hindsight Arisa made all of the sense in the world. Yeah
0: there's something and I think it's a even better timing because you know we're're we're, we've been seeing for the past couple weeks people highlighting you know Hazuki's you know intensity in these mm-hmm. preview matches with Sayakawaani and, and it almost I think I've seen like some tweets' that like, wow, you know I didn't know Hazuki had that in her. I was like little do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Hazuki has always had that in her. It's just a matter mm-hmm. if she gets a little more heelish, you know she's been playing a good baby face in the the current world of stardom but when she's that like heelish i'm gonna beat the hell out of you mode which we've seen she's Mm. sprinkling in more and more as uh time goes on which i think is definitely uh worth keeping an eye on in the present day of stardom but when she's doing that it's hard to beat her intensity and it's why so
1: many people as soon as Zeke came back they were kind of like. Can we can we see her go back to a widow tie, or can we see her just kind of become a heel because they know what's lying under, but sort of bubbling under the surface? And yeah, Hazuki's yeah, kind of playing the mentor teacher role in Stars because we all know Maya Itani isn't responsible enough to be playing that role. Um, but it kind of means like you get that intensity, but yeah, she's dialing it back a bit because she's got students to teach. Yeah, they you know, don't show that kind of unbridled anger, but. When It comes, it, it uh hits like a freight train,
0: yeah. You say that, but she slapped Moa Kogo across the face the first trip she got in the ring. So, well, sure. I mean,
1: by all reports, Momo Kogo is deserving that.
0: <laughs> um, I, d- I do think it's interesting though that uh, Hazuki is now in the Arisa role mm. in stars, mm. yeah. right? that That is that is literally her spot. She's the number two in stars behind Mayu Yutani. Um now she just needs that white belt to uh really solidify that, right uh, but yeah, just a a tremendous excellent any adjective you wanna describe this match with that explains how awesome it is um it it's exactly the type of title match you want in the middle of a reign mm-hmm. right It's like for me it's it's what we were seeing out of saya from time to time in her reign, right. And it's kind of what I wish we were seeing on of side towards the end. And I understand I'm probably getting slapped in the face still as we come off of Saya Kamatani. Okay, my I yeah, it's fine. But, but the thing with Suzuki is that that's what she brings. If she gets a title match, she's going to go out there and deliver, even if, you know, she's not uh, winning in the end. And,
1: she's going or, to force the opponent to match the intensity. Um, And when a wrestler can do that and play off it, like we saw with Kigetsu, and like we see here with Arisa, um, that's when you get kind of the best version of everyone involved. Um, Arisa is great, but when she's forced to be aggressive and, you know, throw the heavy hits and stuff, uh, it's great. And she does a great job selling here too. I think that's important to mention because we talk about Arisa as an offensive wrestler and we've very good reason like she's got one of the most exciting offensive styles in professional wrestling but she does a great job here of selling the, the baby face in peril and kind of getting overwhelmed at times by the just hyper aggressive Hazuki.
0: yeah and then she goes killer mode to put the Hazuki away because oh yeah she uh she got angry she got yeah. angry and i think that's kind of when you get like and Arisa, we didn't ever get to fully see because she we never saw bits and heel. pieces off. Yeah, she saw, we saw bits and pieces in her title match. And the last one we're actually gonna talk about here, we saw a lot of it, saw mm. a lot of that heel Arisa Hashiki. If we ever got to that point in her career, um, and that's where we're gonna go here now. Arisa Hashiki versus Utami Hayeshishida. You may have heard of her. Uh she uh she ended up doing pretty well after this match at the stardom ninth anniversary show. Uh, I was sitting here. Watching match and I was like,
1: "Hmm."
0: One year later, Tommy was world of stardom champion. I mm. don't need to talk about Orisa being retired. I don't need to do that. Uh, <laughs> that that we've stressed that enough in this <laughs> this, this part, three part series. Uh, but Utami, one year later, was world champion. And for me personally, this is Utami's first great singles match. For me, for me.
1: Yeah, it's, I think you could maybe mention... Or standout
0: the, singles match, maybe. Yeah,
1: I like her match with Momo Watanabe was pretty good as well. Um, but I think this is the match that kind of announced that she was ready to take the next step. You know, She came in as a super rookie, won all these championships and straight away it's like, oh, okay, well, she's going to become a, a world champion at this rate. And the, the question was a matter of when, not if. Um, maybe it was a little bit too quick. Um, But I think, you know, you see this match here. And really, like the end of 2019, heading into 2020, just before the COVID pandemic, it feels like Utami's starting to figure things out on what she needs to do to become, to take it to that next level. And then the break, she sort of gets the look down. Better as well. This is kind of an in-between look for her, between the you know the long hair that doesn't fully suit her yet, the attire that works but doesn't quite stand out yet. This is very much like a prototype of Tommy, but this match is proof that you know she just needs a couple little tweaks here and there, and then you've got your world champion that you kind of was seeing from the very first match that she had.
0: Yeah, and it's so weird. Watching this match now Because like Seeing Utami like this is Again so weird <laughs> It's just like wh- What happened <laughs> mm. And I think that's like A lot of her early run because of who She is now and it's like Not only is she like seen by many As one of the best in the world um, But she feels like she's like that Untouchable being almost in stardom and it's matches like these that got her there. Like you said, it's, it's, you know, getting cracked open in the match mm. and having blood go down your face and not only, not only able to keep going, but really bring it to Risa to the point where it's like, you know, it wouldn't be shocking if she won again, because again, Tommy's getting ready for that moment. Yeah. was it going to be now. or It's going to be later. We know it's later. Uh, but, like, when she catches Arisa on the Oscutter attempt, I just call it the Oscutter. Everyone knows what that means. Um, and hits her with a German, it's like, oh, oh, there's, there's those Arisa, not Arisa, Utami Germans that you're so used to hmm. these days. And she caught her multiple times, multiple yeah. times. And it's like, you know, she's at the top of her game. She's almost there. And like you said, in character, but as well as who she was, There were tweaks that needed to be made for her to get to that moment. Um, But Man, Arisa was an absolute jerk in this match.
1: (laughs) And and this is where, again, like kind of the what could have been with Arisa comes through because you see kind of this sadistic side of her come out after the the blood gets drawn from Atami. And, yeah, you you almost feel her going, okay, how can I make the most of this? Cobra clutch, where's the camera? Where's the hard cam? Look at how much I'm making her bleed. She's got this sick smile on her face. There's some fantastic photography that came out of this match. And it's just kind of changing her character just a little bit. She's always been aggressive, always enjoyed the fight, but you didn't quite get this impression of, oh, she wants to make people suffer. And with that kind of super happy, smiley persona that she has, you just get this tinge of character development sort of bubbling under the surface. And whether they would have followed through with this or whether it's just her kind of operating the moment, I feel like the the blood spot, changed a lot of this match you know when it first happens they're a little slow in readjusting and finding what story are we telling now and utami you know was quite strong in the beginning and then had to very much sell like i'm in peril quite early in this match after she gets cracked open before starting to throw the power behind things and get that sort of swing back through um, it's a very visceral match. It's obviously got the imagery, but it's a great snapshot of where Arisa was at her ultimate peak and Utami right before she finds that peak. And the end result is a fantastic match that feels different from the others we've seen because it's power versus striking. Um, it's very reminiscent of the Jungle Kyona match from 2019 that we were was on the short list to talk about on this episode but did miss out um, but it's it's good to see her working against this style and having to deal with a completely different opponent and kind of having to lead the way because she's the more experienced wrestler here, um, but working with someone that ultimately
0: is pretty close to her experience level. Yeah, this version of recent, you know, maybe we, ne- we never would have gotten to see it, um, but this version versus Tam and what Tam would go on to be. Hmm. I think we would have an even better match than their first one. I like because of that viciousness. Yeah. To go with what Tam was and what she is now. And because Tam is so much more confident than she was back then. Oh, yeah. To the point where, you know, she is not only one of Starm's most popular wrestlers, if not most popular, but she is also understanding of her character to the point where that bringing out what Arisa had at this time, oh, hmm. a hundred special. Oh, absolutely. Like you just have to look, yeah, this th-
1: that TAM match was her coming out party. Yeah. And you look at the consistency she de- she delivers with matches now. Um, even if she's not your personal style of wrestler, you can see how it's evolved and grown from mid-2019 to 2023. Um, what we could have got in those situations with a, a, a more confident wrestling TAM, up against an Arisa who's building upon her character and fine-tuning her wrestling style as well. Yeah, you know, it would have been a hell of a match to sort of see the Tam Arisa too, or see them, you know, fully realize Dream Shine as a tag team, which they didn't get to fully realize, unfortunately.
0: No, no, they did not. Uh well that wraps up our uh, little match review here. Mm. Five matches. Kind of really exploring a lot of Arisa Shiki's peaks and moments and uh, ways of what her career would be. Um, you know, we'll we'll hit that jungle match somewhere down the road. There's a whole jungle episode to be had, of course. So, episode come on. I, I know who I'm that. with. I know. I know. I, I take it back. I messed up. God. Um, but you know, we'll probably hit that. We'll probably hit the Arisa match when we get to jungle down the road. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But this, this, this. this whole series of course i i was very open this was the reason i wanted to do this show in the first place and uh now before we wrap up we will talk about her impact her legacy on stardom and uh you know what i i, I talk a lot first so you know what? i'm gonna let to. Go. i mean you've always mentioned it so beautifully 151
1: matches and she managed to leave such a lasting impression and impact Uh, It's very difficult for wrestlers with a 10-year career to do what she's done in terms of making people look back fondly and, you know, sort of realise what they had. Unfortunately, Arisa was just someone who wasn't going to be able to stick around for a long time, uh, but was able to deliver such a good time. There's no wrestler that can emulate what Arisa brought to the game. Be it with her striking, be it with her wrestling style, or even just her character—like she was a genuine kind of light up the room personality when she rocked up, whether it was backstage, where it was in matches, like even with the uh, the pre-match stuff that she does versus Suzuki when she's in doing the interview that Stardom used to always run. She's got this big, beaming smile, even though she's about to go to war with someone who can match her intensity. She's just so happy and excited to be taking part in it. And that's really the thing that I think, you know, sticks with me. As much as the striking game is one of a kind and unique and, you know, I think you could bring in so many fans just saying, watch Orisa destroy people with knees and kicks. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll make lifelong fans showing them Orisa just bang a racer.
0: Yeah, that's well said. Um looking at her impact, her legacy, her her entire run really of importance was in Stardom's one of Stardom's most popular years, one of Stardom's biggest mm-hmm. years. And I think that is a credit to who she was as a wrestler because a lot of it has to do with her. Right it's like You know you talk about that bubbly Smiling personality and You know I don't know if People remember 2019 as fondly If it's not her in That white belt role because Of that but also of the matches She was having and of Just what she was able to Create inside the ring and Outside the ring in many ways You know it's not just about the title run It's about Dream Shine and what Mm -hmm. they were Able to do it's about what stars was as a group at that time. And unfortunately also, when it comes to Risa, her, her legacy also will forever be. What if mm. that, that is the shame of it all. I was sitting there watching these matches again. I said, her and Shuri were so close, <laughs> so <laughs> close to connecting before we mm. had to retire And, I I just think of where Risa was, especially the middle of this reign, right? And I think of what Shuri's gone on to do, and it's like, yeah, we can talk about Risa and Mayu all day. I understand that. Trust me, I get it. But I'm thinking of other dream matches that would have been, like, absolutely stellar, absolutely perfect. That would have been one of them because their backgrounds, their, you know, conflicting styles it would have made for such a fantastic match in a lot of ways. And again, with the what if, because as I said, the what if never goes away with Mm -hmm. Arisa Shiki. What would she have done after this, right? Where, what shows would she have main evented? Where would she be on top of the card right now? But at the same time, there is something oddly, oddly, Great about what her career was it's that she didn't need to answer all those what-ifs to become one of stardom greats to become someone that so many people remember fondly to to have you know those match of the years to have those matches that some people never have in their career she just did that in 151 matches i gotta i gotta get back to that (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
1: To, to me, like the closest comparison I could make outside of wrestling is she's Firefly. She came in for one season, delivered an absolute masterclass and left people wanting more and kept people wondering what if and what could have been. But that one season we got, those 151 matches or at least the, the second run that she had is magical. And there's so much you can go back to and take from and enjoy um, yeah. You just have to look at how excited Rossi was about her back when she was 16 years old, back when stardom was beginning. We talked about it back in the first episode covering Marisa. There was so much hope that he had for what she could become. And obviously she didn't get to fully realise it on either run. Um, but you kind of see, you yeah, know, the first run, the uh, what could have been, and then the second run is kind of proof that, yeah, Rossi's eye was bang on when it came to what a race it could
0: be yeah that rossi guy was pretty good at his job well uh, yeah yeah we'll give him that credit um but yeah watching watching these matches again and uh, truthfully as i got into them i was like "Ah, i want to watch more i want to watch them all again (laughs) i want to watch i want to watch the jungle match i want to watch the konami match i want to watch the you know, some people will hear this, but I want to watch the B match because that, mm. up until that point, that was my favorite B match until her last match at Stardom. Um, and I want to watch all of them because, again, it's hard to kind of capture all that magic into one reign like she did. Um, and, you know, it stinks. Like, you know, we're sitting here, right? is going to retire in a month and change and uh you know a lot of people get sad about that and understandably so you included um <laughs> very pointed yeah but but at least she's getting the retirement road hmm. at least she's doing it on her own terms yeah Risa she didn't get to do that
1: Yeah, it, and... it's it's her retirement is one of the the saddest out there because of the circumstances and just the, the ultimate lack of fanfare. Some of it undeserved, some of it understandable.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, now we sit here in 2023. I have no idea what Arisa is doing these days, but I can say, I hope she's doing the absolute best. I hope she's found peace. You know, I know. Thankfully she was able to come to acceptance of the Arisa Hushiki name after she wasn't mm. for so long. Um, I think her, you know, staying away from socials and stuff. I'm sure she's out there somewhere. No one, no one's just found her yet. Um, I hope she's enjoying life, and I yeah, hope probably she's, one uh... of those Japanese fan accounts. Yeah. Oh, why isn't Tam the
1: red belt champion?
0: <laughs> I, I you know, and and you know, that's like one of the things with the recent. Anytime something pops up, she brings a smile to your face. Yeah, like that's that's what she was doing in her post. Wrestling career, you know, Tam would post pictures with the so It's like, yay, mm. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's those little things. And, uh but ultimately, at the end of this, one, you know, those 151 matches, that career, what a special career in such little time. Two, we're wishing Harisa Shiki all the best in her post wrestling life and, you know, hoping whatever she's on to, whatever she's up to, she's doing great because. I will remind everyone, whatever Risa Shiki wanted to do, she wasn't just good at it, she was
1: great at it. She was a natural at so many things. So it's kind of, it'd be hard to believe she didn't find something that she just clicked with and was able to do in her post-wrestling, post-music career. Whatever that might be, who knows? Knowing her, it's probably, you know, knitting or something. And she's like, yeah, this works for me. And, you know, she's got an Etsy store. The Pam Nakano dolls that we're just looking out for um but yeah whatever it is she's doing hoping it's the best hoping she's living the best life she can and um even if it was only 151 matches that's still 151 matches we can go back and watch and as we found out they're pretty rewatchable
0: to say the least <laughs> to say the least they are pretty uh rewatchable but that is it here on this edition of the Stardom Road, uh, it is also the final episode of the Sushiki series. Don't yep. worry, she'll be she'll be back many a times. Uh, but she might man, be back next next fortnight. Can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> um, which brings me to the next step. So we will be coming back in two weeks, of course, with some Cinderella tournament coverage. We'll mm-hmm. be doing two weeks of that. Uh, before a special episode that uh we just thought of, uh, so you you want to you want to come back for that if if you're listening to this now when it released, or to it you know a year or two or three down the road, you're gonna want to check out the episode that happened in three weeks from after this one. So I don't three know, three episodes, six weeks, yeah, whatever. But you, you got it, <laughs> but uh, that'll, this that'll be
1: fortnight schedule is very confusing. I'll oh,
0: on. it sure is. It sure is. And it's worse because we always forget about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but we, we we make it work, even if we, we have do. to do it
1: last minute.
0: But. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's 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 the way we roll. But I'll I'll wrap it up here now. Um, for Trent, I'm Scott. Thank you for listening to the Stardom Road Ariso Shiki Part Three. We'll be back in two weeks. So until next time, have a good one, everybody.